Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I am so happy that you pressed play today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time out of your precious day to listen to this episode. So if you are watching this on the YouTubes, hello, welcome to my new red light room. (laughs) It is a mood. It is a vibe, but we are here regulating our circadian rhythm, doing all the healthy, fit, clean girl stuff. So um, I'm also wearing two pairs of sunglasses. So let's remove these, put on the headphones. Okay, much better. All right. So I was just working on my book. For those that don't know, I am writing a book. I cannot wait to tell you more about it and the title and all the things. But for now, we are going to focus on something else. So I was writing my book and I had posted on my stories about how I had spent some time with someone that I am exploring a connection with. And how good it feels to be able to just come back home to myself and come back home to my own energy. And so one of my clients and my pod listeners responded and was like, is this number four? (laughs) And I said, yep, with a smiley face. And she was like, you should update your audience soon. I was like, you know what? You're right. I haven't done an update. If you guys have not listened to Dating Diaries episode when was that? That was at least a few months ago at this point. Um, I'm going to look right now and see. If you haven't listened to that, I recommend you pressing pause on this episode, going back and listening to that one first, because this is going to be a little part two update to, yeah, update you guys on where I'm at with the dating life. So that episode was June 9th. Wow. July, August, September, October, November. So we're almost five months out. Yeah, that's wild. Time is flying. (sighs) And I think I met number four in May. So June, July, August. Yeah, the month before that. June, July, August, September, October. So like six months. Okay. So anyway, I wanted to give you guys a little update on, on, how dating life is as a securely attached motherfucker, as I call it. So as always, let's take a grounding breath. So put your hands on your heart, closing off the eyes, taking a big deep breath in. And release. And two more at your own pace. Maybe sighing it out. And one more. And release. And coming back to this present moment. So there's not much to update you guys on. And that's why I didn't really think to do an update. But I guess what I want to talk about today is really 
focusing on how I am being with the unknown because being with the unknown can feel really scary. And as humans, we always try and know. We all have this protector of need to know where we try and know something. We try and figure out something. So if we start a new job, we're like, is this the job that I'm going to have forever? If we start a new business or we launch something, we're like, we need to know, like, is anyone going to sign up or be interested in, in the offer? When we're dating someone, we're like, oh my God, we need to know, like, is this the person that we're going to be with? Or like, what is it going to look like? Or, you know, what is this? <laughs> it's like, we're constantly trying to figure it out. And one of the main things that have been part of my dating journey really is coming from my healing journey of feeling safe to be with unknown. When we don't feel safe to be with unknown, it is because we have unprocessed trauma stored in our bodies and being with the unknown feels really, really scary. And so during childhood, during our lives, we have developed it as what feels like a protector. Like it's this perceived sense of safety of if I can know, then I can protect myself. But the unknown is also where magic lies. And so if we continue to try and know something that we don't actually need to know, like we're actually safe to not know, we then suck all of the joy and the magic out. So this is something that I have had to work on personally in my own healing journey of like when my mind goes to these places of trying to figure shit out, it's like, I don't need to know. I get to show my nervous system and my body a new way of safety, which is not knowing. And actually embracing the not knowing, knowing, <laughs> knowing that the one thing I do know is that we are always co-creating with the universe. We are always co-creating with God, source, spirit, whatever you want to call it. And the universe always has a plan for us. And so if we're trying to know or we're trying to control it, we're not letting the universe do its job. I've been talking recently a lot about how the universe is like the best parent we will ever have because it's always guiding us. It's always course correcting us. It's always telling us when we're on the right path or when we're not on the right path. And especially when it comes to dating, I've had experiences where, and I've talked about this before, like <laughs> I've had experiences where like if I sleep with an ex, the universe literally will make me lose money the next day. Like a client will, you know, not continue or drop out of something they signed up for, you know, something will happen. Whereas with other connections I've explored, I've actually made more money. It's like the universe is always rewarding us or trying to get our attention and like slap on the face and like, wake up, bitch, wake up. <laughs> So it really is like a parent, but we have to be aware enough and in tune enough to be able to notice what it's communicating to us. So the update is that I, the first three matches, I think even in the last episode, I was done with them. <laughs> I don't even remember who the three were, honestly. I remember one of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. And that one, oh yeah, 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 those are all done. Those those only lasted, two of them only lasted one date and one of them lasted a few weeks, but that was, oh, that was a rough one. My anxious attachment was activated because his energy was not, not the vibe. So, <laughs> so anyway, match number four is really the only one that I am currently still talking to, still seeing. And it's been a really interesting experience. I actually messaged him before this being like, 
are you cool with me recording a second episode basically about you because the other three are not even in my life anymore? <laughs> he hasn't responded yet. Maybe he'll respond while I'm recording this. But anyway, he is the only one that I'm currently seeing. I'm still on Hinge. I still, you know, go on it here and there, swipe here and there. But honestly, I'm just not really into the apps these days. Like it just feels like a time suck. It feels like addicting. Like, you know, I talk to people on it here and there, but it's not a place that I really put a lot of my energy into. I'm really at a place in my life where part of healing this anxious attachment has just been feeling safer to trust and let go of control and just allow things to come to me naturally and really embodying this magnetism that I carry, especially as a generator in human design. Like I am meant to be magnetic and when we have trauma, such as control or other protectors that come up, it can get in the way of our magnetism. So for example, with match number four, yes, we technically met on an app. We met on Hinge, um, but it really just was like, it felt like we both were kind of randomly on there. We matched and then neither of us really use it anymore. And so it just still felt natural. And so the update with him is that it's been a very unique experience for many reasons. So one, as you know, I work with anxious attachment, which really has to do with feeling safe to be in your own body, in your own energy, feeling safe to be alone, to focus on yourself, to not abandon yourself for other people. And oftentimes anxiously attached people attract avoidantly attached people. Now, why is this? One, because in childhood, it feels familiar. The nervous system will always attract what feels familiar. So if let's say you were the caretaker at home or the peacemaker where the focus was on other people's needs and other people's feelings, and you learn to really like avoid your own feelings and just make it about the other person and that felt safer for you, you might have learned that being avoidant of your own stuff felt safer. Or like in my case, I was a caretaker, but it was in a way where by me taking care of them, it, it also was kind of in a controlling way of like, oh, I want to take care of you to control you to make sure you're okay, right? That shows up a lot with partners who have addictions of like, oh, I'm going to try and take away the alcohol. Like when I was, um, I shared with you guys, my anxious attachment with my former neighbor and how he struggled with alcoholism. And it was just like, it was kind of in the selfish way of like, I'm going to try and control this. And it wasn't actually about his needs. It was still more about my needs. His need was like, let me be and, and let me figure this out. Right. And so that's the difference. And so it's one, we attract what is familiar to our nervous system based on childhood patterns. So for me, it's more natural to attract an avoidant. Um, and again, this is a little nuanced because, you know, you could say, oh, well, my mom had anxious attachment. And so that's what, that's what was familiar, but also maybe my dad was a little bit more avoidant. So it's many different things, but also like the saying opposites attract, but on a soul level, I believe, and this is something my mentor and I've talked a lot about that. It's more, it's more about you attracting someone for your own healing. So if I attract a fellow anxiously attached person, we then just, it doesn't really trigger the anxious attachment because we're both just anxiously attached and codependent with one another. 
if I'm attracting an avoidant partner, it's going to really bring out the anxious attachment for me to look at it and shift it. And for the avoidant partner, it's going to bring out more of their avoidance. And so it's the stance of the anxiously attached partner leaning back. Do you guys remember when I did that reel on Instagram, the leaning back one? That one was a hit. I love that one. <laughs> it was like me dancing in New York and it was like, I lean back, I lean back. Cause we need to, it's like the anxiously attached partner needs to lean the fuck back and like calm down. And then the avoidant partner needs to stop being so avoidant and scared and lean in. The root of both of those is fear of intimacy right? The anxious attachment actually disconnects you from experiencing true intimacy and the avoidant partner is terrified of intimacy. So it feels safer for them to lean back because they're scared of like losing themselves for the other person. And the anxiously attached person is scared of losing the person and then they end up losing themselves. So I believe that we attract those who we need for our healing. Now, the thing about these relationships and these experiences is that there's a lot of talk, especially among women in society around, you know, well, if he doesn't text back, you got to break up with him. Or if he doesn't do this, then da da da. It's like this very rigid black and white thinking. Now I get that because we want to have standards. We want to respect ourselves. We want to show up for ourselves and treat ourselves the way that others, we want others to treat us. And these things are nuanced because people come into our lives for a reason or a lesson or a season or a lifetime or any of the above. And so when you have a connection with someone, you can't ignore that, even if it doesn't look the way that you think it, quote, should look. So let me use this person as an example. Does this experience with him look anything like I've ever experienced before? No. Let me tell you why. So I historically have been more anxiously attached. He definitely has more avoidant attachment, both rooted in fear of intimacy, all the things. And his avoidance, really his avoidance of himself leads to a lot of trauma responses and protectors overworking, not taking care of himself, um, just constantly staying busy, like constantly running away from himself. And what that leads to is because he's not fully tending to himself, he's not really able to show up and take time for a relationship. And so that's been something where I've had to look out of like, Ideally, I would want someone who's going to match my energy. And this is actually a conversation. Oh, <laughs> Luna just jumped up. This is a conversation that I've had with him of like, you know, it's really important that this, that the person that I'm investing time and energy into also matches that energy. And so if, you know, I were to talk to a friend about this, or for example, I have talked to my friend about this. And she very much is like, well, he should text you back and he should make time for you and da, da, da. And it's like, yes, I agree to all of that. And that's why I've communicated that. But I think what happens in our society is one, we don't actually express our needs. And so then we get, we just expect people to know how to meet our needs. Like, well, that should be obvious and blah, 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 blah. And then we project that onto the person. We don't ever communicate it. And then we get mad at them because they're not meeting our needs. So one, it's our job to meet our needs and never assume that the person knows how, because it's not their job to know how. The second thing is 
we can't deny when we have a connection with someone. We can't choose who we have a connection with. We get to choose how to respond to that. So for me, I actually did try and end things with this person because um, he wasn't being, you know, responsive. And I felt like he wasn't really matching my energy or matching my efforts. And so that didn't feel good. And so I was like, okay, like, I think I need to just kind of end this and, and move forward. And then it, it's like, it's like, again, we can try and control these things and be like, yeah, I'm done and blah, blah, blah. But we also have to listen to what is the actual learning lesson here, right? So for me, the, the lessons have been expressing my needs, giving people a chance to meet me in that, not taking things personally, right? Like I don't have to make excuses for anyone to not make time for things that are important, but I also, the old me would have taken it really personally. I would have been like, oh, little me doesn't feel chosen. Like it would have been all my inner child, like not feeling chosen, not feeling special, not feeling all of that. And so anyway, we had talked about it. We had a good conversation about it and it feels like, yeah, naturally it just continued, even though I tried to end it. Right. And so I have to look at, okay, why is this continuing? Why is this happening? Another thing too, is that we really only see each other, I don't know, maybe once a month, twice a month at most, sometimes every other month. Like it's not a consistent thing. It's a very just like here and there thing. Um, we don't talk that much. Like if you were to ask me, what do I want in a relationship? More consistent communication, more effort, more consistent seeing each other, all the things. But when you really look at, okay, what is my soul meant to learn in this experience? I mean, the biggest lesson that the universe has been given me, not just with this and dating, but in my business, in my life and creating my vision is patience. And so here I, here I am <laughs> having a connection with this person where I have to be really patient. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's funny. It's like the universe is like patience, 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 like slow down, be in the present, focus on you. And if my lesson is patience and feeling safe to focus on me, but I have someone who's fucking, you know, up my ass 24 seven. And by up my ass, I mean like constantly communicating with me, constantly wanting to see me like as an anxiously attached person, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would, I would lose myself. And so the universe is like giving me an opportunity to continue building that secure attachment and building towards what I actually want, because I'm not actually ready for what I want. And that's in all areas of my life. If my vision is, you know, have this big impact, Luna, you are blocking my microphone, have this big impact with my business, have growth, have a bigger audience, have more clients, have more programs, like have more wealth, have more abundance in all areas. Like if I have this vision, right, bigger home, like all these things, great, deep love and romance, like if I have this vision, the universe is actually supporting me by giving me what I am energetically ready for. And so for someone who's only ever had a one bedroom, having this two bedroom is the next step. I'm like, oh, can I manage, you know, paying more rent and managing a bigger space and all this thing, right? Like all these things. 
same with business. Oh, well, if I was getting overwhelmed with 11 clients, how is the universe going to give me 15 clients, right? It's like the universe will only give you what you feel safe to receive and what you're ready for. And so I already had the experience in the past with um, the person that I was deeply in love with in New York. I already had that experience of someone who literally worshiped the ground that I walked on and showed up for me all the damn time, all the damn time and showed up for me in all the ways I wanted. But that experience was only meant to last those short four, four to seven months because I wasn't ready to actually experience that level of intimacy and commitment without losing myself. Like I was deeply in love with him. And also I was very anxiously attached where when I moved from California and we broke up, I literally felt like I was dying without him. Like my attachment with him was so strong where he became my safety. And so if the universe knows, oh, we want Rachel to develop that safety internally and not need that from someone else, the universe is not going to give me this like dream ideal situation of a partnership where, you know, I can experience that level of consistent communication and seeing each other and commitment and all that stuff. If then that puts me at risk for losing myself again. So it's almost like this current experience is, it's like the expander for me. It's like, can I experience this connection while still staying connected to myself? And what are the lessons here, right? So like we talked about patience, being with the unknown, healing my black and white thinking and being in this gray area of, oh, this isn't what I normally would accept or think is acceptable behavior, or I would make it mean all these things of like, oh, I'm just respecting myself by not ending it with, with this person and being in the gray area. And the gray area is that, oh, I feel this connection with someone. I enjoy spending time with them. And also I'm not meant to be in that level of relationship yet because I need to still focus on myself and this connection is allowing me to do that. It's not taking over. It's allowing me to practice experiencing connection and intimacy and then coming home to me and building that secure attachment so that when I am ready for that level of commitment or relationship, whether it's with him or someone I haven't even met yet, it's it's not going to be this thing where I then abandon myself. It's going to be only when the universe knows that I'm truly ready to not abandon myself anymore. Like I had done in every other relationship when you suffer from that activated anxious attachment wound. So this is what we miss so much in society as we look at things in black and white, we shame our friends like you know, oh, why are you still seeing him? You deserve so much better. I don't like the way that he's doing this and blah, blah, blah. And understanding that there's a lesson in this and like, what if it's not supposed to look exactly like you picture in your mind, we can get so rigid of like, if it doesn't look like this, then he's not the one. If it does, if this doesn't look like that, then it's not working. Like, imagine if I was like, oh, I built this business and it's not exactly where I want it to be yet. So I'm just going to quit now. It's like things take time. Good things take time to build. And there are deep lessons for both me and this person. I feel that. I feel that immensely. Like he has some serious shit to process and I happen to be a healer. 
And so even though I can't be the one to heal him, he's actually the first guy I've ever dated where he's actually open to doing some healing. Do you know how many men I've tried to get into therapy? Not one of them went. Literally not one of them. Zero. My my rate with that is zero out of zero. <laughs> or zero out of however many there were. Yeah, you get the point. And so he's like, you know, potentially scheduling a call with my mentor. And it's like, okay, maybe I meant to come into his life to show him that he can have everything that he wants in his life. We're both Capricorns. We're both very focused on business and success and building and all these things. And maybe I meant to show him another way. And maybe he's meant to show me patience and show me gray thinking and show me coming home to myself and not losing myself and prioritizing a, another person over myself. Like, there are deep lessons in being with exactly what it is without trying to know, without trying to figure it out, without making shit mean stuff about you. The other thing I don't know if you guys remember is that he's non-monogamous. So again, if I'm, if I'm looking at what do I want in my life, that wouldn't be the top of my list, right? Like I wouldn't think, oh, I want this non-monogamous man who is never going to actually commit to me and, and choose me, you know, and continue to, to date other people. Like that would not be my ideal, you know, picture perfect romance. No. So is that going to work for me long-term? Probably not. But at the same time, like we're not focused on long-term right now. We're focused on the present moment. And there are lessons and experiences that he and I are meant to have in this present moment whether that eventually turns out into, you know, me learning that maybe I am supposed to experience some lessons in the non-monogamy world, AKA uh, building secure attachment. Cause you have to have real good secure attachment to be able to, you know, handle the complexities of dating multiple people. And also it's a reminder and lesson of like choosing you, right? Not waiting for anyone else to choose you, but you choosing you. And so choosing me actually looks like, oh, for me, I actually prefer to just date one person at a time. I have had periods of my life where I did date multiple people at once. And, you know, here and there, I may still go on a date, whatever. But I noticed that there was this point where I was like, oh, should I be trying to meet other people? Because, you know, I know that he's going to be seeing other people. And that feels safer for me and less vulnerable to know like, oh, we're boasting other people. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that's not actually authentic to me. That would be me trying to adapt myself to him and his lifestyle rather than owning me and my authenticity. And my authenticity is you're free to be you and I'm free to be me. And so what that looks like is I may be more monogamous. I may actually just focus on this one experience, this one relationship and he may not, and I don't have to make that mean anything about me. I can honor where he's at and honor where I'm at. And that requires a deeper level of secure attachment. And so why would I be attracting a non-monogamous man into my life? Because I meant to deepen secure attachment. And this is one way to do it. <laughs> and let me tell you guys something. What's been so mind-blowing about this whole experience is that I have never felt more secure or grounded in any connection before. Like my anxious attachment has not even been activated like at all. It's really weird. 
And so you would think on paper, like, oh, all these factors of him being non-monogamous, him not really, you know, making a lot of time and effort to see me, like all these things would bring up the anxious attachment, but it just doesn't even feel that way. It feels like our energies are just, you know, we're both earth signs or both just very grounded. It feels like a very grounded energy. And by me expressing my needs, he has been making more of an effort. He has been more communicative. He has been more responsive. He has been more, um, just putting in more effort to see me, even if it's just for a little bit here and there, like, and so someone listening to this might be like, oh, well, don't settle for breadcrumbs, like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you can honor your worth. You can honor your standards. You don't have to make excuses for people. And you can feel energetically a difference when you're making excuses for people because of your anxious attachment versus when you genuinely feel okay and secure about something, even if it doesn't look exactly the way you would want it to or the way that you think it should, but it le- it requires this level of trust and surrender. And so it's ironic, but also perfect. The universe is perfect that with this person, I really just feel safe and surrendered to whatever it's meant to be, whether I, you know, see him one more time or a hundred more times. Like it's just this feeling of full acceptance of the universe has got me back. And what can I learn for this? Why is what can I learn from this? And why is this happening for me rather than to me, right? And really connecting back home to you because when you ask other people's opinions, they're just trying to protect you, right? Like my best friend, she's just trying to protect me. She's like, I don't know about this guy. (laughs) And I'm like, I totally get it. You know, I totally get it. And we all have to honor our own journeys. We all have to learn from the people that come into our lives. And let me tell you all the past relationships, I can now fully feel clear and see why I was meant to learn and experience that time with each of them. We focus so much on like finding the one, like what if there is no such thing as the one? What if all there is, is this present moment? And whatever your soul is meant to learn in this present moment. And so again, why is this happening for me? Because I need to keep coming home to myself. And the universe is like, okay, we're going to reward you a little bit where it doesn't have to be this all or nothing. Because I would really, with dating particularly, I would get into this all or nothing state where I would either be like, not seeing anyone and just focusing on myself and being super just in my own little bubble, or it would be all where it was like constantly on the dating apps, constantly going on dates, or if I was in a relationship, just like constantly focusing on that. And so this is a really good practice of being in that middle ground where it's like, I can, I can just fully accept that this is whatever it is. And I don't have to know what it is. I don't have to overthink what it is. I don't have to figure anything out. I can literally just notice like, okay, how do I feel? How do I feel when I'm with this person? Do I want to see them again? And that's literally all I need to know. Sorry, I'm picking Luna's little booger here. (laughs) She's so cute. That's literally all I need to know. It's like, do I want to spend more time with this person? How do I feel in their energy? And it's also a lesson for me in energetic boundaries, right? Because you know, sometimes 
this happens both with dating and just professionally. It's like when I'm around heavy energy, that can really affect me and I can take that on. And so, um, you know, this person had gone through a lot of loss and a lot of trauma and just, yeah, just really heavy energy. And it was really powerful for me to be able to just say like, oh, I can, I can be with this. I can hold space for this. I can give love and care to this without taking it on as mine. Because again, with anxious attachment, you can so often make the other person's stuff, your stuff, because it doesn't feel safe or little you to witness people you care about suffering and hurting and being able to just say like, oh, I can, I can just give him space to grieve and, and be with his, his stuff. And I can also offer support if he's willing to receive it. And if he doesn't, again, I don't have to make that mean anything about me. I can just do what's in my power and also keep focusing on me. And that is big progress compared to skies, jades, no black. That is big progress compared to the last person, my neighbor that I was anxiously attached to where I really had such a hard time separating it of like, he was really suffering. And I just took that on as my problem to solve. And it's like, it wasn't, it was never mine. It was never mine. And it was harder because, you know, it was right there in my space because we were living next to each other, but it all happened for me. Literally, that is how my come home to yourself group was birthed. So that is the update. Match number four and I are, we talk here and there. We see each other here and there. We have a connection. We, we enjoy each other's company. We are attracted to each other. Um, yeah, he's a very sweet, kind, grounded soul. And he's also got a lot of shit to process and that's okay. And I don't have to make that mine to figure out. (laughs) I can offer him and say, you know, I have this healing available to you. If you want it, take it or leave it. And I can allow that to be his choice. And I get to just keep coming home to me. And that is the most powerful gift because the old me, I would have internalized so much. I would have taken personally his fear of intimacy. I would have made that mean something about me. I would have made his non-monogamy stuff all about me. Like, and the most freeing part is like, none of it is about me. (laughs) It's just so cool. It's so cool to get to this level of acceptance and internal safety in your body where it's like, None of it is about you. Everything is just a reflection of the person and how they relate. And just being able to accept someone for who they are and where they're at at life, while also still honoring and expressing and communicating your needs and giving that person a chance to meet you in meeting those needs, it's fucking powerful. So fucking powerful. And not needing someone to be your everything, not needing someone to be perfect right? Because I'm certainly not perfect. So I would never expect someone I'm seeing or connecting with to be perfect either. But is this person open to growth? Is this person open to, you know, opening their mind and seeing things a new way and growing? Like that is literally the only requirement for me at this point is like someone to grow with me. And most of my partners in the past are still right where I left them. 
not growing, stuck in their trauma. And I need someone who is willing to grow with me because I'm not planning on stopping my growth anytime soon. <laughs> so anywho, I hope you guys got something out of this update. And that's really it. It's just enjoying the time with him, coming back to me, focusing on me, looking at what are the lessons here, releasing my control, noticing when I get pushy around like, you know, have you, have you signed up for that call with my mentor? Like noticing when that control comes out and then being like, nope, that's not my job. I gave him the information. It's his choice. Maybe by the next update, he'll be like working with my mentor and I'll be like, guys, he's healing his trauma. <laughs> and if not, that's okay too, because we get to just be with things for what they are. And the more that we feel safe to accept things for what they are, and be present with them and see them through the clearer we feel on what things are in alignment and what things are not in alignment and to feel safe to release the things that are not in alignment and to give ourselves a chance to explore what that is and be okay with not knowing because we don't need to know. We just need to literally listen to how we feel in each present moment. Does this work for me for right now? Yeah. Will it work for me forever? I don't know. And that's okay. So I want you to apply this not only to dating, but literally to every area of your life. Like, where are you trying to figure it out? Where are you trying to know? Where are you trying to attach other people's opinions and meanings and, and all the stuff onto your experience? Like I see this stuff on Instagram all the time where it's like, you know, you should be disgusted by a man's behavior if they do this and do that. And, and it's like so rigid. And it's like, what if we're not meant to receive the biggest picture visualization of how we want it to be quite yet? What if there's still more for us to learn to actually prepare for that or to be ready for that? Or maybe the universe has something even better in store for us. And so if we're only basing it off of what we perceive in our minds is like, the right behavior or the right thing rather than actually focusing on how we feel and what we have to learn and focusing on our own growth and then knowing and trusting that the universe has something even better in mind. And then we don't have to block ourselves from receiving that. Like, could I find a man who communicates better or, you know, takes me on more dates? Absolutely. But would that, would there be a connection in that? Maybe, maybe not, right? Like if we're focusing on the wrong things, on these like arbitrary surface level, and I'm not saying these things aren't important, right? Like honor what feels important to you. Know that there are men out there that yes, want to buy you flowers every week and show up for you and do all the things, but also look at what am I actually needing in this stage of my life? I had that whole experience. I had the magical experience of having a partner showing up to the door with flowers every week, taking me out to romantic dinners, um, you know, being so vocal with how he felt about me. Like I had that magical experience and it was, it was truly magical and I will never, ever forget it. And I will cherish it forever. And my anxious attachment was activated. And it had I stayed in that forever, I would have never actually been able to come home to myself and build that internal safety within. And so rather than focusing on, does he do these arbitrary things? 
focus on what is in your power. Have you expressed that that's what's important to you or do you just expect someone to know how to do that, right? Or are you making that more important than actually how you feel with someone? And I'm not saying you can't have it all. You can, you can have the person that you feel amazing with that brings you flowers and all the things. But when I look at what do I actually need right now, I don't need a partner to continuously be validating me or uh, making me feel like the most chosen or making me feel super special or putting me on a pedestal because those are all the wounds that I've been healing, right? I've been healing my validation wound. I've been healing my special wound. And so I actually just trust that this is the level that I'm meant to receive right now, not because I'm not worth more, not because I don't desire more in the future, but because right now in this moment, I'm focusing on choosing me, trusting that the more that I focus on myself, the more that I focus on showing little me that she's special regardless, that I'm choosing her regardless, that I'm safe to focus on me regardless, the more that I will attract more of what I want, regardless of whether it's with him or someone else. It always starts with you. The external will always match the internal. And so internally, because I'm working on giving myself that right now, the universe is not going to give someone else to do that for me because it's my turn. It's my turn to do that work internally for myself. So always know that these things are nuanced and trust yourself when it's time to end something or when you're forcing things to end or to go or to continue or whatever it is rather than just trusting the process and knowing that you are safe to not know and you are safe to just be in the present moment and literally take it moment by moment. So that is the update. As long as I uh, get the A-okay, I will be putting this out. I don't think you would mind. I think I kept it pretty anonymous, pretty vague. Um, yeah, pretty vague, which is funny because he said that he, he was a vague person. So I'm like, perfect, we got it vague. <laughs> But I think it's really important to share with you guys how I'm navigating this, right? Because again, for my former anxiously attached self, someone that doesn't respond very often, someone that's not a great texture, someone that is vague, someone that, you know, is not monogamous, like these things would have activated little me in the past. And that's why I was meant to receive it because I meant to use this as good practice and opportunity to come home to myself and to focus on actually what I need and what I am learning in all of this. So that is all I have for you guys. Come home to yourselves, trust yourselves. Don't listen to other people's advice because this is your soul's journey. You know what is best for you and allow yourself to experience whatever it is that your soul needs to experience and get radically honest when it's time and you're like, okay, this isn't actually honoring myself. Like the other match who I was anxiously attached to, that was not actually honoring myself. It was placating to my inner child and my anxious attachment with this because I actually am able to come home to myself and feel grounded and feel secure. It's like the universe confirming, okay. Or even when I tried to end it and then he came back and then it just felt natural to continue as the universe confirming. It's like, nope, keep going. You don't have to know why. You don't have to make sense of it. You don't have to understand it. Just keep going and take it moment by moment. So I love you all so, so much. And yeah, I will talk to you soon and see you on the next episode. If you are looking for support in healing your anxious attachment 
or your avoidant attachment. I have my group come home to yourself for anxiously attached women. I have my beyond your wildest dreams membership, which is literally open to anyone and everyone lowest cost offer I've put out to date. And then I have my men's group, Real Men Heal, where we help you rewire your nervous system, give you such a safe space to process your feelings because Lord knows men have not had that space. Just taking a breath with that one. And <laughs> really help you come home to your power. You are so much more powerful than you know. You are safe to be with it all. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a review. Help me spread this work to the world. Let's heal this world together and build secure attachment together and build a life beyond our wildest dreams. Love you all. Bye.